0: Well, I guess somebody had a little bit too much turkey. Um, I'm guessing collectively the Sharks (laughs) themselves as a team were still in turkey hangover mode because, uh, quite frankly, that that team looked like it was in a tryptophan coma. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, we'll talk about all that and more on this edition of Teal Town After Dark But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the social media channels that we got going on. That would be the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube chat, of course, SoundCloud, Reddit, and all of the shenanigans that go along in the Discord. Find everything else and some more great articles up on tealtownusa.com. Today, I am happening... Happy to be joined by Al Martinet. Al, how are you doing this evening?
1: Hey, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Oh, yes.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, indeed. And, uh, yeah, um, quickly right off off the hop there, Al. What what are your some wide-brush thoughts and, and just where the team is at right now?
1: Uh, I mean, okay, so this is the last four of the last five games James Reimer has started in net. Um, I'm kind of surprised he started tonight. Um, or let me back that up. I'm surprised Hill didn't start against Ottawa. Um, and then that way you would have had a fresh rhymer for against the Maple Leafs, but you know, the first, first period was back and forth, but the second period is where the Sharks really lost it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that second period was just very, very lackluster and they kind of got lulled to sleep a little bit by the maple leaves and uh, you know after that it just seemed like it really went downhill from there and you know i don't think that they really put too much of a of a pressure against the maple leaves in that third period and kind of just let it go and i think at this point you know the sharks have probably you know it seemed mentally like they kind of moved on a little bit, and and it seemed like uh, you know that they kind of were already in that third period were already kind of forlorn about the about the eventual outcome. You know, and that's, I mean that's kind of what it seemed like to me.
1: For me, like this is still a one-two game at the end of the first period. You could have still made this competitive, you know, within, in the second period. But, you know, the Leafs are a very good team, um, top to bottom. Um, and they're also really good right now. Um, they beat the Kings, I think, 6-2 to on Wednesday or Thursday. Or I think it was Tuesday. It was Either Tuesday, way, their last yeah. game, they beat the Kings 6-2 to um, pretty convincingly. And it wasn't even close. Um, and they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And right now, like... The sharks against competitive playoff teams are just not showing up. Um, this is a consistent theme that I've seen, and you know, when we I think the last team the sharks beat yeah it was against Carolina but um, Carolina it still was a took real over slog yeah test.
0: and it took still took it, overtime um, and didn't really look too. I mean, they didn't really give up much defensively, but they also didn't really look all that dominant either. You know, it seemed like it was two very
1: defensively-minded teams kind of going at it. I mean, honestly, like, Carolina should have even won that game. Like, the fact that the Sharks got two points out of that game, um, we're talking, like, the last decent playoff team that they the Sharks have beaten, we're talking, like, Minnesota. But I'm not a fan of, like, Minnesota at all. So, um. Yeah, why don't we just get to the first period and go down the list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, So we've been avoiding it, of course, because
0: the, uh, the Maple Leafs, I mean, they score right off the bat, 32 seconds in. William Nylander is eighth on the season from Tavares and Riley. And I mean, I, I guess it was kind of emblematic of the game, like not really ready to play. Um, You know, a team that kind of just fumbled the puck in front in their own kind of defensive zone and, and got you know, victimized by a really, really good uh, um, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf team, you know, and and that top line, it it just, you know, it can overwhelm you. (laughs) And they were not ready.
1: (laughs) I mean, when the Leafs are good, um, it's not just the big three, it's the big four. When William Nylander is one of those top billings, um, I mean, they paid him like a top four and when he shows up he's one of the best but you know he did go through a goal, you know drought recently I think this is this was his seventh game drought or this was this goal ended his seventh game drought um, but I say like if he's going good like this team is red hot right now so um it's good to see him get going but not against the Sharks and I'm yeah. speaking as a fantasy hockey, hockey player yeah yeah uh
0: but you know it was nice to see uh, the team kind of bounce back and push back a little bit uh, Nick Benino getting a goal uh, in the uh, his second. You know, on back-to-back um, games, so that's awesome to see. Gregor and Carlson uh, with the assist there, that coming in at four forty-one 440, or four forty-four. And um, you know, at at first, I thought, okay, you know, maybe you know, right after that goal was scored, I was like, okay, I mean, you know, maybe they're kind of getting their feet into it. You know, maybe they're kind of just, you know, it took a little bit to kind of wade into the game. But you know, they're they're here and they're you know going to be pulled along into the deep end by Toronto. But then Wayne Simmons comes back and just you know kind of puts the dagger in that good feeling that they had um Wayne Simmons is second on the season Kemp and Richie with the uh with the assists there and that comes at 516 so the very next shift and you know I think it's been kind of a mark of this team that they really uh I kind of I guess are bipolar in the fact that you know they can go through some really good stretches and they can get some really really good feel good moments, but then equally so there are, are these big upsets that happen. Whether it's a goal that happens, you know, in the first you know minute of a game, or whether it's a, in the last minute of the game, or or just. Um, you know, a goal at a critical time, you know, kind of killing off the mojo. It seems like they never can really dictate the the tempo of the game. You know, it's like they're always kind of catching up and they're always kind of playing to however the the other team wants. And I think we saw it in that game against um, Ottawa, where Ottawa kind of really started to dictate the, the physical play at the beginning of the game and that kind of... Yeah brought the Sharks into it but the Sharks now playing it against a skill team against a team that's very much on the the puck possession and and just a swarm mentality in Toronto I don't think that they have the you know they don't have the pieces to go against them and they don't have the pieces to to match up you know one through six on the you know on the first two lines or or one through four on the D and and I think that the Sharks kind of got caught playing Toronto's game a little
1: bit I mean, having Toronto score the first goal in the first thirty seconds was not a good sign. But your big hope going into this game was that like Toronto was starting their third-string goalie tonight. I mean, Joseph Vole. I mean, hats off to him; he played decent. But like he's not uh, your starting goalie. And Campbell, who might be your Vesna candidate. So far this season for just like in the league in general, he's been great. But like um, Joseph, Vol was your starter in the net, And at least for very, very they were trying to limit pucks going to the net of all times for a reason, because I think the Bonita goal was pretty much a, a really light goal. For, and you thought you could get some momentum. But that Wayne Simmons tip from the net um, really did kind of kill all momentum for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I I think going into that second period we had we had said that things had gotten a little compounded, but you know it it just kind of it starts right in that first five minutes. I mean, Austin awesome Matthews getting, um, getting his ninth on the season, Bunting and Lilligren with the uh, with the assist there at four fifty seven, and at that point, to me, guys, I I just thought that um, it, at that point. That is kind of when the Sharks were resigned with their fate. And and then, of course, you know, five minutes later, John Tavares follows up again uh, with his 10th on the season on the power play. And, you know, if anybody had any hopes of mounting anything, I mean, that one kind of killed it, you know, right then and there. Um, Nylander and Marner getting the assists there. Um, And again, now we're starting to talk about special teams again. I mean, we're talking um, the power, the, the PK is starting to leak a little bit of oil. Uh, the power play is just not producing enough. And it, we're talking again, Al, about Brent Burns and Eric Carlson being on the same power play yeah. and, uh, you know, just trying to uh, continually pound your head into a brick f- wall, hoping that you're going to break through.
1: I will say that, like, you know Austin Matthews is like just a supreme talent. You also Jonathan Tavares is also really really good. Like this is a really good power play. And um like the thing with Austin Matthews this year that I've seen is that he's doing more things off the puck, even on the power play. Like he's like directing the puck. He's telling the the defense to shoot, uh, not the defense, the D line to just to shoot to uh, so a point where he can just basically cash in on on the power play. Um, that's the main thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. And in terms of like what's going on with Brent Burns and Eric Carlson on the same power play, honestly, I don't know. I I don't even know if there's a solution at the moment because it, you, you hope that just enough enough reps will eventually solve that, solve that out. But we've seen almost three years of it. Um, And I don't think it's you're going to have a solution of it because we just seen time and time again, these guys just probably do not work well together. And we've given it time, but I don't think it's going to happen quite yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and, and how I mean, how long is it going to take? you know bob Bugner to to get get it through that it's just not going to work i mean i understand trying to put together your top players on a power play when you're when you know when things are going rough and and you're trying to manufacture some kind of offense and i think the idea there was to try and get you know some more manufactured offense on that power play because i think he's seeing the same trends that we are with the power play you know, kind of trending in the wrong direction. But honestly, you know, they had three power plays tonight. The first two that they rolled, they rolled Burns and Carlson out on the same pairing, uh, you know, in that first uh, minute of the power play, it did not look good. It, It just seemed like it was two players deferring back and forth from each other, trigger shy. And not only that, but I am not really a fan of the way Eric Carlson seals up the boards. You know, I don't think he seals up the boards yeah. very well, and he lets a lot of pucks get past him on the blue line. And um, you know, Brent Burns is kind of a free for all, right? He's either going to get it and uh, you know, snap a quick wrister on net, or he or it's going to get by him. And when you have two of those players that are not, let's just say, uh, not defensively focused, first. That's scary, and especially when you when you're playing against a a transition team like Toronto, who can transition with guys on the PK.
1: For me, the first, if you look at the first five to ten games, the Sharks on the power play, they were actually doing a lot of movement between the forwards and and creating space for their defensemen. Um, You know, last year and even the year before that. Um, a lot of the times, <laughs> you would just have the standard point from you know the Burns shot from the point, and defenses would just know what to do, time and time again. Um, and you know you have to give Eric Carlson space, you have to give Brent Burns space, but if there's no space for them to work with, then regardless of how good they are, it does not matter where the shot is. Um, so. I don't know if that's just a coaching fault uh, because we've seen this now for almost three years, but um, maybe just move the puck with the forwards, drive the puck um, between the net or behind the net. But, um, you know, I just want to see more movement between uh, left or right and get more pucks to the net.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree, and and uh, we've got uh, AJ in the uh, the Zoom conference. So thank you, AJ. He's going to be feeding us some quotes in. Buehner confirms that Reimer will start against Chicago on Sunday, uh, so that's Jesus. very very interesting. Uh, then we've got uh, another one, another little stat that uh, that AJ is putting up for us. Burns had nine points during a six point game streak. Uh, six game point streak during the covid protocol since players have returned versus colorado six games ago burns has zero points so again i, I it's <laughs> it's the whole alpha dog uh you know is it the the whole alpha dog whose blue line is it and will these two ever coexist on the same blue line and and i think we we've continually seen that that it's it's difficult for them to integrate those two players together it really is, and and I just don't think that they have um, very much chemistry together, and I and I think that they both want the puck a, a lot of the time. So uh,
1: if Reimer is starting against Chicago, that makes six out of the last seven he started. Now he'll obviously started or, you know, came in for Reimer halfway through the second period, but like.
0: Which I thought was a good move. I I, I mean, I thought that that was a good move. And I thought, you know, one thing I I wanted to bring up was that it was interesting because, you know, Aiden Hill had gotten passed up on on a few different starts. So it's like, okay, you know, we're going to get Aiden Hill in. We're going to get to see kind of what he's looking like in a in a mop up. And I thought he played very well because I thought Toronto had some really big transitional, you know, comebacks. And I thought that he weathered them pretty, pretty well. And I, you know, was it enough to buy him a start? I don't, I don't know. I
1: don't, I don't get it because I mean, like I already said it before, like I, you give Hill the start against Ottawa, give Reimer some time just to rest up because like almost what, if I'm reading this right, nine of the last, eight of the last 10 have been Reimer. Right. Like that's just not sustainable. Like you're burning out your goaltender to the point where he just can't be productive like yeah niemi-esque niemi-esque yes um like i like reimer but like i mean hill was the guy you traded for so i don't know if there was something going on like some injury or some something mental but like again against washington he wasn't great but like you gotta keep keep going to him
0: yeah especially if if this team is you know a A team that's still in transition, right? I mean, this isn't a team that's going to, you know, it's not expected to make a lot of noise and stuff, and really you're trying to integrate new players and trying to, you know, still develop what you got, and that would lend itself to having Aiden Hill try and get as many starts as he can to, you know, get get it underneath his belt. But, again, I think there's been questionable coaching decisions, um, whether or not it's the root of all of the the uh, of the issues, I, I don't think so. I mean, there, there's still... To me, It's it, I'm still seeing a lack of talent, uh, especially up front. Um, you know, I think I'm still concerned with the foot speed on the defense. I think that that's still been, um, you know, very much something that has been exploited against. Now, I like when Hataka is in the game. And... Um, you know, I feel that he added a lot of speed and I think to a certain extent I've liked what I've seen from Radim Shimmick in his return. Um, but I don't think that you can have both a Radim Shimmick and a Mark Edward Vlasic, you know, on, on a same pairing and expect that that pairing is going to, you know, magically yeah. gain some foot speed.
1: Yeah, like during the COVID protocols, like Schimmick was obviously out, but Milton um, stepped up and he was great with Eric Carlson. Um, like the thing with that COVID stretch was like Ryan Merkley was pretty decent yeah. and there was calls to, you know, potentially trade Simic for something else. Um, yeah, and I, I was, think I called. I
0: think we were talking about that.
1: Yeah. The, and I, I not I'm just not too sure what you do with him because like he has, he still has another year on that contract. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know what you do about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, Steve, uh, thank you uh, for, for the comment. Uh, I really want to see how we do through eight to 10 divisional games. It is starting to feel like the early season magic that has given way to statistics though. On, un- uh, unfortunately, and I, I think Steve, you' you're, you're, you're on to something. I think we we've both kind of talked a little bit about right, yeah. losing Eckland um, and you know him being a potential uh, spark plug. You also have to remember we're missing Darlene as well, you know who's yep. also uh, an important factor in the offense. So I think a little bit of that youth exuberance is kind of out of the lineup right now. Um, but I also think that this is a team that's also still not sure what its identity is and it's still a team that, is it going to be defensive some nights? Is it going to be offensive another? I mean, because tonight we'll take a look on the shots on goal and just go period by period. Uh, eight shots on goal in the first period. Second second period, they had 11 shots on goal, and then in the third, they had 16 shots on goal. And really, that's when Wall really stood up quite well. Um, but 35 shots on net tonight. But it didn't really seem that way it, it felt as if the majority of the grade a chances was held by toronto and i don't know man i just felt like uh maybe it's just my pessimism in the offense right now but this is a team that's really struggling to generate quality chances in the zone
1: yeah i mean i'll uh, just i know we just said a bunch of stats but the, i think the one stat that kind of illustrates that is The Sharks won most of their face-offs, 65% in the first period. And then in the second period, it was down to 39%. Now, some of that's because the Sharks took two power plays or took two two penalties. penalties. And, you know, know, uh, Toronto was obviously going to have the puck most of the time, yada, yada, yada. But, like, you know, Toronto controlled most of that second period and controlled, you know, the net most of it. Um, you know, this is what a good team does is they eliminate good chances. And just, if you think you're going to get a, get a good shot, you're going to screen the goalie and at least eliminate all those bad shots. Yeah,
0: no, I, I agree. And, um, you know, we're also kind of looking at um, checking the ice times as well. And uh, interesting, tonight the ice time was very distributed on the back end. Uh, you, you look at across, a and no um, defenseman had more than 24 minutes. Uh, and that was, of course, led by Brent Burns. So that's good to see that the, um, you know, that the defensive ice time has, has started to really be spread apart part evenly. Um, but again, I, I just, I just wonder because there is such a deferment between Burns and Carlson, it, it, it just creates this imbalance and, and I think we all see it. And yeah, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I'll, I i do not know if it's, I don't know if it's remedy outside of a trade of one of those two. And
1: of uh, uh, Burns or Carlson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I think we're we've danced around it for a long time,
1: but uh, I mean, I don't think you can trade either one. Um, Brent Burns is probably still a capable forward and capable defenseman if you wanted to do it either way. Um, but still, no movement clause on Burns, no movement clause on Eric Carlson. Um, I've I kept my expectations pretty low on this team this season for pretty much. I mean, if you look at what they brought in this season, it was really just William Eklund and Benino and Reimer. Cogliano and Reimer and A- Aiden Hill. But like, that's not like nearly enough to like replace the forward depth, and that's always been the issue. And that was going in thinking you were going to have Kane for 20 games. Now, I think they've done better than we ever would hope especially with knowing that you're going to have Kane with this suspension. Now he's kind of come back in two games against New Jersey. Um, I thought did great during the stretch, but um, we can get into that if you really want to. But like, honestly I've kind of resigned to myself thinking that like once they sent William Eklund back to uh, the Swedish team that Kane was going to be back on this team, which is going to piss off the fan base and it should, but you know, the hockey hall of fame isn't the best of good people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, the, I think what you're trying to say is that the hall of fame is, is littered with, you know, people yeah. that are not of, of great ilk, meaning he can still play and he can still give you something. Um, and he's still quite skilled, but the person himself is just, you know, at this point, it's well documented. We don't have to go over it. Um, but no, I think you bring up a good point about what what is to happen with Evander Kane. And I've kind of already said it that if Kane is coming back, then I think you can kiss Hurdle goodbye. I think that that that, that train is 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 kind of will, will set your right, not train, but that that um, you know that that sun will set on Hurdle being here with Kane in the mix because there was just so much not animosity, but just so much just not wanting to play with each other anymore, you know? And, and I think that, um, again, we have to kind of look and see what, what is going to be the foundation of this team going forward. I mean, of course it's going to be Eklund, but I mean, do you want to, you know, make hurdle, um, you know, the, the potentially one of the higher paid forwards on the team and, and, you know, then, Uh, you you start to think about, okay, how is that contract going to be structured in with Timo Meyer? Because he's going to be up and coming for a contract soon. And then, uh, you know, so there's a lot of permutations here. And I think that every little bit that the Sharks um, do to push Hurdle away, I think we'll just kind of push them into the arms of somebody else. You know what I mean? Like just just the little things. It's it's like you know Kane coming back, or um you know not being offered another year, you know on a contract, wanting a seven, uh, you know an eight year versus a seven. You know those kinds of things.
1: For, for me, like I'm looking at the chat and people are talking about the Sharks are kind of talked about retained salary and I'm, and yeah, I think it's great to publicly state that, but that's bear in mind that most teams have been financially stripled with just like covid like and who's gonna want to every... trade
0: for them I mean who who yeah. wants to bring that in like especially if it's a team going well Al I mean who who would want to bring that into the into the locker room it's a distraction it's um you know it, it's got media circus all over it. Um, you know could potentially have uh, you know plot turns and twists I mean you'd you'd have to be really oblivious or really just tone deaf to want to trade for him
1: if you're saying that bringing Kanan is going to make you a better contender well you can just look at the Sharks because it didn't really pan out that way because yeah, we made it to the Western Conference Finals, but like during that run, Kane wasn't as productive. He was kind of I mean, he was dealing with a wrist injury from what I remember. But he wasn't as productive as we would have wanted him to be. Um and yeah, I know hindsight's 2020, and when we got him, he was really, really good. But when we signed to that deal, it really was Kane for Padelski. And that was that was the trade-off. Yeah. And it's nine, of course. Pavelski scores his four hundredth goal. <laughs> uh um so I think that was kind of funny timing, and then also just oh the what if of what ifs.
0: Yeah, no, I I you know, and and again, we'll we'll kind of talk about that moment in the franchise as to where he's he, you know, at, at that moment in the franchise that that Pavelski was um you know, was allowed to walk in free agency, and where the team has gone for and since, and you know, I I think at this point it, it's it's pretty obvious that that he was the heartbeat and the soul of the team, and it's taken years for that um, little engine to be rebuilt, and and quite frankly, I just I don't think that they have a player like Pavelski ready quite yet I think Ferraro is that guy but I think it's you know it's not his team yet you know what I mean it's not he's not in a in a position to be um, you know a, a, a captain yet He's he's got to lead alongside with Logan and and of course Logan brings his own style of leadership and um, you know at, at, at this point I think we, we, we kind of all know how Logan operates. He's very self-critical, self-reflective, and yeah. I don't know that that's always a good match for
1: what the team I think, needs. I think Logan's been better at leading, but um, he mostly just leads by example. And when he's not doing that, uh, I think it's hard to get behind a locker room like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, quickly just uh Laurel, thank you so much for always manning it up in the uh in the chat. Um she's like if you'd like to help support the show, you can use the Venmo tip jar and of course we appreciate uh, all of the tips and and all of the the help that you guys send our way. Um of course we always love to do uh, charity foundation work. We were doing something with the uh, Hockey Fights Cancer uh, in the last week. Um, and and so we do all kinds of stuff. We do giveaways, um, and and literally, your it's your money at work, right? That you we've seen the incru- improvement in quality over the years, and you know Al sitting over there with his with his beautiful DSLR going on, and I've got my own setup here going on too. So it's just awesome, um, and you guys can directly see what uh, what your guys' tips do for the show. So appreciate that. Um, and it's at Teal Town USA, of course, uh, like everything else we do. So Al, we've talked a little bit about the game. We talked a little bit about Kane coming back. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the state of where the shirks are going. I guess last little bit before we, uh, you know, round it out. Um, Doug Wilson today, uh, going on the, uh, on the IR as it were, (laughs) uh, yeah, Doug, Doug is actually going to be out uh, on medical leave, um, for the moment. So we wish him and, and the family all, all the best. Um, but, um, do you think that will kind of affect anything with the sharks on the day to day or, you know, we're, we're kind of just still taking it as a day by day, uh, kind of thing and Joe will, will. Will handle any any on the incoming. I, I I think it's kind of a sensitive time to be honest, because of the game and and what you're gonna do
1: in the next couple of games. So, I'm trying to bring up the tweet, but um, for the most part, uh, I thought the main thing that was like, of course, best wishes to him and his family. But um, of course, the most interesting part of it is that Doug Wilson Jr. isn't stepping into that role. So whatever is going on with it, um, I hope is not serious. Um. And yeah, I'm um, trying to think who is stepping Joe is Will.
0: It's assistant assistant. Joe Will. Yeah, Joe Will.
1: the assistant GM. But, but um, my my when I first saw Joe Will, I was like, oh, I think I thought this was a serious family member or, a, or a issue, and um, hopefully this is, can be addressed really quickly. But um, yeah, it, it is questionable timing, of course. But uh, yeah. Oh, uh, it's Faulty Synapse,
0: she wants a little, or he or she, uh, sorry if, uh, about the gender mix-up there. Um, really good question about prospects and how the prospects are doing. So, uh, Al, I know you follow a little bit along the prospects, and I know yeah. that I have as well. Um, who's who's a guy that's really standing out for you? Maybe maybe a Barracuda player and, and maybe a guy that's uh, maybe collegiate or still in the L right now.
1: Um, I let me just get to my list. Can you why don't you go first? Yeah.
0: All right. Let me go ahead and uh, I will pick out the uh, the Barracuda. But, you know, we did talk a little bit about uh, Ryan Merkley and his little stint up here. And I thought that he looked uh, I thought he looked like he was progressing quite well. And I'm happy with what I've seen from him. And I think his development is uh, is really going in the right direction. I think that there had been some question about, oh, you know, this is his this is it will be his second year coming in pro, like second
1: full year. Yeah, um, that was what I was going to say, but um, but yeah, Ryan Merkley um, Middleton was also another one I was going to mention just because of the improvement from year to year. Um, Thomas but... Bordello
0: has been lining it up collegiately um you know he's a guy that we're all very very excited to see um i think igor bremoff i think um the last i had heard he had was doing fairly well so i think there are some really good um really good bright spots on the prospect pipeline there al but um anybody else that you got kind of got track we got right
1: now? brandon co 36 points in 20 games um mm-hmm. thanks thank you aj for that but Yeah, in terms of what we're going to expect from Barracuda going forward, uh, I just want to see consistent growth um, for the next season or two. Um, For me, as I look at the long term, like what do I expect from the Sharks? Uh, It's it's really just the cap situation. Like, can they get out of certain contracts? Can they continue growing the Barracuda? And it's really what can they get out of the Eric Carson deal? Because that's. That's where I'm really, really like. Right now, I think the Sharks are decent, but right now they are a 500 team and they are just maybe the same team as last year.
0: Yeah. Um, for everybody who is interested, the Sharks do put out a prospect report. Uh, you can go ahead to go to the Sharks website, uh, San Jose Shark, or it's at NHL.com/sharks. Go underneath the team tab and underneath Next Wave Report. It is their monthly media guide slash prospect guide, and it's got uh, it's got all of the prospects up there, whether they were drafted or Barracuda prospects, or they are uh, non roster guys or up there so that's pretty cool uh like we were saying thomas bordolo 11 points in 10 games uh, over in michigan um you've got uh alex young he's got eight points in nine games uh, for colgate uh you've got uh the goaltending eh, so-so in the ncaa um, but over on the CHL, I know that, uh, AJ had pushed, pushed it up too. Tristan Robbins, 23 points in 13 games, Brandon Co, 21 points in 14 games. So yeah, there's some really good, um, prospects on the horizon, uh, horizon. And, um, you know, just some guys that I think that we're going to be very interested to see where, um, where they will be. So yeah, I, I appreciate, uh, Appreciate the check-in on the prospects, um, and I guess we'll uh, we'll go to everybody's favorite segment, right? Let's do it. Have the goddamn coming, Curtis, that you gave him a reach around. Yeah, it's the reach around. Probably the best part of this night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for Friday, uh, November twenty-sixth. This is your reach around. Rangers beat up the Bruins five to two. Strom... Hunt, Panarin, Lafreniere and Truba with the goals for the Rangers. The Blackhawks beat the Blues in overtime. You've got uh uh Kyra Hagel and DeBrinket with your goals for the Blackhawks. The Wild spank the Jets 7 to 1 in that Minnesota winnipeg battle that mr puck guy always loves uh galagoski zuccarello hartman zuccarello again merrill dumba and CapriSoff with your goals for the wild and uh connor hella buck got hella roasted tonight uh the hurricanes uh beating up on the flyers and unfortunately ian Reed. Martin Jones was not playing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hurricanes put up a six spot against Carter Hart. Aho uh, with two goals uh, fast. Yemi, Lawrence and uh, Svechnikov with the goals over for the Hurricanes. The Ducks beat up on the Senators for nothing. Lundstrom, Grant, Terry and Raquel with your goals for the Ducks. The Capitals beat the Panthers. Rare, uh, Rare regulation loss for the Panthers, four to three. Uh, Ovechkin with two, well, Ovechkin with a hat trick. What's new? Yes. Tom Wilson uh, with his eighth on the season, and uh, Ilya Samsonov with the win there. The Predators beat the Devils four to two. Yossi, uh, Tomasino, Grunlin, and Carrier with the goals for Nashville. The Sabres beat the Canadiens 4 to 1, and it's still very troubling over in Montreal. Q Fire Sale starting now. Thompson, Eakin, Ocposo, and Thompson again with your goals for the Sabres. The Lightning beat the Kraken 3 0. Uh, Belmar, Colton, and Stamkos with your goals for the Lightning. The Blue Jackets beat the Canucks, the woeful Canucks four to two Nyquist Boquist Roslevic and Domi with the goals for the Blue Jackets and talk about a team that had a lot of expectations Alec one of the teams that I was looking at uh, especially to kind of make the rise is, is the Canucks but they are just listless right now
1: honestly um, they might be a they might be worse than Montreal which is saying something um that, that's saying something pretty bad uh
0: We've also got the Stars beating the Avalanche 3-1. Pavelski with two goals. Guryanov with a power play goal. 3-1. to Stars. one nothing Pittsburgh beats the Islanders. Tristan Yari with the shutout. Uh, Kapanen with the goal. And, uh, and the Penguins starting to put together something a little interesting over there in the Metro. And then, of course, tonight's game, the Maple Leafs beat the Sharks 4-1. to and uh, quickly, I mean, just get some wide brush thoughts on on the Pacific Division. And I know you started a little bit about the, the Canucks, but um, anything else that you're seeing, Al, that's kind of interesting on the on the horizon for
1: you? I mean, normally teams that um, after the Thanksgiving break, uh, if you're in playoff position, you're have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. And currently right now, if I can just go to angel.com and look up the, the standings. Um, I mean, like the sharks are not in any shape to make the playoffs, but you're number one. If you're looking at the Pacific right now, like the surprise right now is just, it's still Anaheim is still in the top three. Um, Anaheim and Calgary. I
0: think Calgary kind of resurrecting itself and Daryl Sutter's putting all of pushing all the right buttons.
1: I mean, Daryl Sutter is a really good coach. He's a hall of fame coach. Um, mean he, Got those King, those LA Kings to, to the Stanley Cup. Um, Took again, a
0: floundering Sharks program and made it something, you know, worth watching. Um,
1: that yeah. that also, but like, I'm not surprised about Edmondson because, of course, Connor McDavid. Yep, uh, Dreisaitl. But like, um, you know, those top three teams, and like, if you're gonna say like the surprise of the year is Vegas, like, they're doing pretty well right now and they also just traded for jack eichel so and i don't think personally that jack eichel is going to come back in march or february but like you still are going to get a top what top 10 NHL talent um in the pacific
0: yeah the sharks currently sit uh two outside of a wild card spot uh, however, Colorado, who has is is tied with us in points, has three games in hand, um, and you know the Sharks only have twenty-one points uh, in twenty games played. You look at Dallas; they're kind of also sneaking up too. They've got uh, twenty points in eighteen games, and uh, the Kings also have nineteen points in nineteen games. So, you know, the Sharks Damn. are in spitting distance. But I think from what we've seen and how hot and cold this team is, at this point, I don't see a run in them unless they're willing to really structurally commit to shooting a lot more on net and generating a lot more offense. Because quite frankly, they've got to pass up a Colorado team, which is underachieving they've got a catch up to a winnipeg team and a vegas team that are really difficult to play against and then anaheim of course you know being the surprise factor from the from from our division those are three potential teams that you you're going to have to climb over four potential teams if you want to get back on the th- three potential if you want to get back into the top 3 yeah. 4 if you want to get into the wild card uh or secure you know number one wild card and and so and
1: and like An- anaheim's like a year ahead of schedule um, yeah. We thought it was going to be L.A. with with the new talent. But, like, you know, L.A.'s going to eventually be part of that top three class in the Pacific. Um, I didn't really have any doubts about Calgary just because of how much talent is there. Um, but um, I think eventually Dallas is going to turn around because, you know, two years ago they were in the Stanley Cup final. But, of course, teams that lose in the Stanley Cup Final just from either fatigue or injuries um, tend to just not perform well the next year. And that's kind of what happened last year with the Dallas Stars. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if they go on a run in the Central because um, Arizona, of course, is in that division now. So they can definitely get some easy wins in that division, uh, just like every other team is. But... um, Honestly, I'm more than impressed with the Sharks at this point just because, again, you didn't have Kane for 22 games. Uh, you had a COVID stretch for seven. Um, I think the Sharks are in way better shape than than expected. And to be only fifth in the Pacific, that's still striking distance to make a run. Um, I know I'm giving the, the team a lot more credit than it really deserves, but... I no, know. I mean, you... I think we gotta, we've gotta,
0: we've gotta call it like it is, though. Like, you know, this is a yeah. team that's slightly above five hundred, and it's a team that you know we we were. If you were to pull, you know, a bunch of hockey fans and even Sharks fans, I mean, there wasn't a lot of optimism coming out no. of the cellar. So I think, in general, it's been a victory insofar as the team is doing better than what I expected. Um, is it? Trending in the right direction every night. I think that's still no. left to be desired. Yeah, and I think that there's still some some growing pains that are still going to be uh, going to be felt.
1: Um like after the four zero, you know, start they've been pretty inconsistent. You know, one win here, then three losses there, then and then it just against playoff teams that I've that I've talked about. Like they just get wiped wiped across the ice, and especially against tonight. Um, 4-1 against Toronto, um, 4-0 against Washington, which was really worries, worrisome because, like, of course, um, either it was just bad coaching, but you leave a Ovechkin wide open at his special spot, like, it, it's just like little things like that. But yeah, you know, that for the Sharks hurt. to only be three point, you know, four points out of the top three in the Pacific, um, if you would have asked, you know, the Sharks, you know, front office. I think they would have taken it at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: Well, Well, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us tonight, Al. And, and I appreciate you coming on. Um, I mean, quickly have any, any final why brush thoughts and you know, where the, where the people can find you.
1: Um, first I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, hopefully your happy holidays to seeing your friends and family uh also if you can't see your friends and family sorry that's i know that's for some that's a very hard or hard thing for some um don't even have like any hockey thoughts i talked about hockey for the last 50 minutes but um but yeah you can find me on twitter i'm always chatting um feel free to slide in um, but happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Al.
0: And uh, I'm at Eric Landy. That's E-R-I-K-L-A-N-D-I on all the social media garbage. And uh, and quickly, uh, in case you missed it, you want to check us out uh, across all of the different podcasting platforms. We are on and out there in Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, the YouTube Replay, of course, SoundCloud, Spotify, Tune in and iHeartRadio, and also check out all of the stuff that we've got going on at TealTownUSA.com in case you need some more sharks fixins. Anyhow, let's see if I can uh, get this right. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it teal. Let's keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great one. We will see you after the game on Sunday.